Hello, New Hope. Thanks for being here today. My name is Hannah, and I'm one of the pastors here. I want to begin today with a little story time, a little story time with Pastor Hannah. We are going to look at a Bible story from the New Testament, and we're going to focus on the character of John the Baptist. John the Baptist was an interesting character. He was a prophet. He was born just a couple of months, actually, before Jesus to one of Jesus's relatives. And John the Baptist's role was to proclaim the coming, the long-awaited Messiah, this, this leader that was anointed by God and promised by God to the Israelites for hundreds of years. So John, John's purpose was to, to call out, to, to make a way for Jesus's arrival, to say the leader that we've been waiting for, he is coming, he is near. I got to start over. Thank you. All right. Well, welcome, New Hope. Thanks for joining us today. My name is Hannah, and I'm one of the pastors here. I'm going to begin with a little Bible story time, a little story time with Pastor Hannah. So sit back, relax. I'm going to share a little story with you. We're going to focus on a character in the New Testament named John the Baptist. John was a prophet. He was born just a couple of months before Jesus. They were actually relatives. Mary's uh, was Jesus's mom and uh, Ugh. Well, this is off to a good start. <laughs> oh, you're out of focus. I'm so glad I could serve you. Where's that software thing? What? Did that happen? <laughs> <laughs> Who did it happen to? Uh, well, not to a message last night for oh. the last song. Yeah. No. So we sure did it for Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's great. You should do that on a week when John's preaching because he goes long. <laughs> <laughs> short in that song. One and a half speed or whatever, mm -hmm. like you can listen on podcasts. We need to put him at slow speed though. Okay. Well, welcome, New Hope. Thanks for joining us today. My name is Hannah, and I'm one of the pastors here. We're going to begin with a little story time, a little Bible story time with Pastor Hannah. So sit back, relax, listen in. The character we're focusing on is John the Baptist. So he was a figure in the New Testament. He was born just a couple of months before Jesus, and they were actually relatives, Jesus and John. So John was a prophet, and he was called to, to proclaim the coming Messiah, the long-awaited Messiah, this anointed leader that God had promised the Israelites for hundreds of years. John was to tell the people, this leader that we've been waiting for, he is coming. The one who is coming to make everything right is near. It sort of reminds me of, if you've read or seen the Chronicles of Narnia, you know, Mr. Beaver, when he says, 
Aslan is on the move. Sort of what John the Baptist was doing, that he was kind of spreading this news, these whispers and his rumblings of God is on the move. You can imagine the, the hope and the curiosity that that stirred up. The only problem was that Jesus wasn't exactly the leader that the Israelites were looking for. The kind of power that Jesus led with wasn't the kind of power that they were used to living in the Roman Empire under Caesar as king. And the kind of kingdom that Jesus was establishing and the way that Jesus was establishing it wasn't the kind of kingdom that they were expecting. Even John the Baptist, who baptized Jesus, who witnessed the heavens opening and God speaking over them, even he had his doubts along the way. So after a series of unfortunate events, John finds himself in prison. And he's kind of wondering, what's going on? This isn't the story that I thought was going to happen. So he sends some of his followers to find Jesus and say, hey, are you, are you really the one that we've been waiting for? Are you the guy? You can imagine the fear behind those questions. Like, did we, did we get it wrong? And this is how Jesus replies to them. Go back and tell John what you see and hear. The blind see, the lame walk, lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, the poor of the earth learn that God is on their side. He talks for a little bit more to the people as we can count on Jesus to do. Then he ends with this really great little line. He says, wisdom is proved right by her deeds. Wisdom is proved right by her deeds. We're in the midst of a series on Proverbs where we're looking at the way of wisdom. We've been listening to the sages, the wise guides of scripture of what do they have to say about wisdom and foolishness, about our speech and the way that we talk with one another, about our friendships, about money, about justice. We've been looking at how, how wisdom is this way, it's a path that we're invited onto that leads us not to the good life, but to a life that is good. And today we're looking at what the sages have to say about leadership, about wise leadership. In the story that I just shared about Jesus and John the Baptist, John has this question about leadership. How do I know that you're someone worthy of following? And it's kind of interesting that Jesus responds with this statement about wisdom. What do you see? What do you hear? Look at my deeds. Turn with me in your Bibles to Proverbs 8, verse 12. We're going to look at what, if, what are some of those deeds of wise leadership. And our scripture reader for today is Portia Manjengwa. Thanks, Portia. Don't you love how leadership is personified in the Proverbs? It reminds me that, that, that wisdom isn't this like static thing that, that we acquire and that we sort of check the box. Yes, I have wisdom or no, I don't. But, but wisdom is this path to follow, this relationship to pursue, this way to, to seek and to put in dialogue with our life and our vision. In this passage in Proverbs, we see that a relationship with wisdom is what makes a good leader. By wisdom, kings reign, rulers issue justice, 
princes and nobles govern. And then it sums it up in verse, verse 16, all who rule the earth. But some, some manuscripts actually read that as all righteous rulers, as if to clarify, well, not all leaders rule by wisdom, but the ones worth following do. We talked earlier about how wisdom is proved right by her deeds. And as we can see through this passage and throughout the whole book of Proverbs, that there's these key themes that emerge around wise leadership. These deeds of wise leadership are humility, justice, and mercy. So we'll take some time to look through each of those right now. First, wise leadership is marked by humility. So let's zoom back in on Proverbs 8. We're going to focus on verse 13. To fear the Lord is to hate evil. I, wisdom, hate pride and arrogance, evil behavior and perverse speech. Wisdom hates pride and arrogance. Another way of, of looking at that is, is ego, our pride and our arrogance. When ego is involved, there's no room for wisdom to have her way. But the antidote for ego is humility. Humility is all about how we see ourselves. It's about having a right-sized view of who we are and what we're capable of and who we're not and where our limits are. Wise, le wise leaders know that they don't know it all. Instead, they seek wisdom. It's by wisdom that kings reign and that leaders lead, not by ego. Proverbs 21 describes wise leadership as this, this river that is directed, that the flow is guided by God to wherever God desires. Wise leaders see their position as a, as a way to serve, not as a way to pursue success. They take the posture of a servant and see themselves as part of a bigger story. The Apostle Paul wrote about this kind of humility in Philippians 2 as he describes the posture of, of humility and leadership that Jesus takes. Philippians 2, verse 5. In your relationships with one another, have this same mindset as Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used for his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Wise leaders see their position as a way to serve, not a way to success. Wise leadership is marked by humility. And the second deed of wise leadership that we see in the Proverbs is that wise leadership is marked by justice. Proverbs 8.20, I, speaking wisdom speaking again, walk in the way of righteousness along the paths of justice. So last week, Pastor Mike talked extensively and wonderfully about wisdom and justice. And so I'm not going to do a super deep dive here. But if you missed that message, I really encourage you to go back and give that a listen or watch it through so you can learn about that connection between wisdom and justice. What I do want to clarify is that when it comes to wise leadership, justice is essential. Wisdom walks along paths of justice and wise leaders do too. 
Justice can be understood as making things right. So wherever there's hurt, wherever there's brokenness or wrong or shame, justice is moving toward those things with healing love. Justice is saying no more to the things that, that destroy or prevent human flourishing. Proverbs 29 says that when the righteous thrive, the people rejoice, but when the wicked rule, the people groan. By justice, a king gives a country stability. Wise leaders promote justice. And that phrase, give a country stability, it's kind of a, a tricky one in the, in the original language. It's, it's not so much referring to like establishing law and order, but it's about establishing shalom, God's kingdom of shalom, about promoting peace and wholeness and right relationship. Wise leadership is marked by justice. And then finally, wise leadership is marked by mercy. The last book of Proverbs has this great little section in it called um, Sayings of King Lemuel. And it's actually not his sayings, it's sayings that his mother shared with him as he was developing into his leadership as king. So it's a bit of a long passage, but I think for context, it's all important. So we're gonna, we're gonna jump in here, follow along with me. Proverbs 31, the sayings of King Lemuel, an inspired utterance his mother taught him. Listen, my son, listen, son of my womb. Listen, my son, to the answer to my prayers. Do not spend your strength on women, your vigor on those who ruin kings. It is not for kings, Lemuel, it is not for kings to drink wine, not for rulers to crave beer, lest they drink and forget what has been decreed and deprive all the oppressed of their rights. Let beer be for those who are perishing, wine for those who are in anguish. Let them drink and forget their poverty and remember their misery no more. Speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves, for the rights of all who are destitute. Speak up and judge fairly. Defend the rights of the poor and needy. All right, what's going on here with all the alcohol, right? <laughs> Is Lemuel's mother literally saying to, to give the, the poor beer and wine as if that's going to be the solution to their problems? I'm not convinced of that. But what I do think is going on is that there's this, there's this deeper invitation and this deeper call that she is calling this young king to is mercy, to practice mercy. In essence, I think she's saying, Lemuel, don't abuse your power and privilege. Comforts can blind us to the plight of the poor. They can keep us from the vulnerabilities of the oppressed. Instead, Lemuel, use your power to practice mercy. Comfort the hurting, come through for the suffering, see and respond to the needs of the poor. I think it sounds like a pretty wise mama. What do you think? Wise leadership is marked by mercy. Okay, now that we have a bit of an overview about what these deeds of wise leadership are, how the sages of Proverbs describe wise leadership is marked by humility and justice and mercy, what are we supposed to do with that? How does that shape our vision and our way forward in the world? First, as we seek to follow in the way of wisdom, we must choose to follow wise leaders. To follow wise leaders. 
it's becoming more and more normal these days for me to hear things like, I just don't know who to trust. I don't know what I can believe anymore. I get that. There's so much stuff in our world happening right now, so much information bouncing around. It can be hard to figure out who to listen to and who to give power to. That's why I take some comfort in the story of John the Baptist, because even he had these questions about leadership and who to trust. But remember what Jesus's response was. Wisdom is proved right by her deeds. I think the trouble is, though, when it comes to leadership, we don't always look for the right deeds. We tend to look for people with all the answers, the people that promise security. We gravitate toward people with charisma and power, beautiful people that seem like they have it all together with influence, people with degrees. And there's nothing wrong inherently with all of that, but those aren't the deeds of wisdom. Those aren't the markings of wise leadership. Wise leadership is marked by humility and justice and mercy. So a little story, I'm gonna take you to memory lane here. When I was in college, we had a pretty decent cafeteria, or I, I thought so, I loved it, but some of my college friends were like, eh, you know, whatever about it. But here's the deal. I hacked this system when it came to the college cafeteria. So most people would grab their tray, walk into the room and get in the first line they saw and just kind of bumble on through. Not this girl. Whenever I would leave the cafeteria and I'd sit down at my table, my friends would be like, whoa, where did you get that? I didn't see that in there, how'd you do that? Here's how I did that. I went in, I grabbed my tray, did that whole thing. But before I just got in the first cattle line of college students, I walked the room. I got a lay of the land and saw, okay, I'm gonna check out the pizza bar. I'm gonna check out the salad. I'm gonna check out the produce and the grain bar. Yes, we had a grain bar. <laughs> Pilaf, couscous, everything you could want. I got a lay of the, I got a lay of the land. And then I went back with a vision and entered in to the cafeteria lines to figure out what I was gonna do. Friends, we live in this remarkable time and place where we get to choose who we follow. We don't have to just jump in the first line with our lunch tray. Let's get a vision of wise leadership, leadership marked by humility and justice and mercy and move forward and seek how to engage and who to follow based on that. Our choices, they mean something and they matter when it comes to who we're becoming as individuals and as a community. It's this awesome responsibility that we have to bear. So steward it well, follow wise leaders. I want you to take a moment and think with me, okay? Who do I follow on social media? What authors do I read? What news anchors do I watch? What politicians do I follow? What theologians or teachers or business leaders do I turn to? Am I following leaders who promise the good life? Or am I following leaders who point me to the life that is good? That's not always clear, is it? But we have this responsibility as followers to to follow with open eyes, to look for the deeds of wisdom, to look for humility and justice and mercy. Let's follow wise leaders. 
So it's crucial that we do this work of recognizing and following wise leaders. And at the same time, we have to know that no politician, no pastor, no leader, no human has the power or quite frankly has the calling to heal and to lead our world like Jesus does. Above all, we must follow Jesus first. Follow Jesus first. Proverbs 29 reads, Fear of man will prove to be a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is kept safe. Many seek an audience with a ruler, but it is from the Lord that one gets justice. For followers of Jesus, our primary allegiance, our primary devotion is to him first. It's not to party lines or ideologies or opinions. It's not to a nation and it's not even to ourselves. Our primary allegiance and devotion belongs with Christ. We follow Jesus first. There's so much noise out there, right? We've talked about that a bit. It can be a bit of a burden sometimes. There's so much to argue about, things to agree with, things to disagree with, things to form an opinion on. And quite frankly, it's just too much. It's too much to have that pressure of, of getting the corner on truth, of figuring everything out, of always having to, to be able to perfectly articulate and organize your argument and to have all your opinions just so that you can have that, that glimpse of, of security and have all of your convictions and beliefs justified. It's too much. Remember that wisdom is a way. It's not this like static list of, of answers and facts. It's something that we seek and we pursue. I know that what I'm about to say might sound a little cheesy and trite, but I just can't shake the truth of it. That only Jesus can give us the security and the peace we're looking for. We must follow Jesus first. Now, following Jesus doesn't mean that we ignore all of those other things. Jesus is deeply involved of every single aspect of our life together. Jesus is, is deeply involved in the work of justice and righteousness, of making earth look more like heaven. Following Jesus means that we're going to have to make prayerful and wise and discerning decisions about all of that, about who we vote for, about what we care about, what we fight for, what we believe in. And at the same time, following Jesus first means that our confidence, our devotion, and our allegiance is first and most deeply with him. And then we let Jesus take the lead in shaping all of those other beliefs, decisions, and convictions. So I'm sure you'll recognize these, these words I'm about to read from Proverbs 3. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your paths straight. In all your ways, submit to him, yield to him, align with him, and we can trust him to lead us to the life that is good. Jesus embodies wise leadership. We should follow him first. 
So I wanna take a minute right now for a little check-in, a little time to reflect on some of this. I put together a list of questions for us to, to think through as we seek to follow Jesus first. The questions, they'll pop up on your screen kind of one at a time and I'll read you through them, but then in between each question, you'll have a, a couple seconds to kind of reflect, to talk with Jesus, to kind of process this with him and invite him and the Holy Spirit to help you see where and why there might be some resistance to let go and to follow Jesus first. Jesus, in what ways am I following you first? Jesus, in what ways have other allegiances surpassed my allegiance to you? Jesus, how can I more faithfully follow you first this week? This check-in activity, it's not about being good or bad or right or wrong. Jesus knows how we struggle and he knows the burdens we kind of pick up along the way day after day. Jesus just wants us to live in the freedom of trusting him. In Matthew 11, right after he talks with John's followers about how to recognize true wisdom and leadership, Jesus has this invitation to them and to all of us. Come to me all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. This invitation, it never ends. It's always available to us. We can trust him. So let's follow Jesus first. Friends, we, we are in a vulnerable time. We have this responsibility to steward as we discern the leaders that we will follow, as we discern who we will give the power to, to shape and influence our lives, to shape and influence our communities. We have to go beyond the words and the arguments, and we have to look to the fruit, to look to the, to the deeds of wise leadership. Where do we see humility? Where do we see justice? Where do we see mercy? Follow wise leaders. And above all, follow Jesus first. He is the way, he is the truth, he is the life that is good. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you that we can trust you. You know that that's hard for me sometimes. But we are so grateful to have a king who is kind, who is gentle, who is humble in heart, a wise leader who leads us into the life that is good. Would you help us see ways in which that, that we aren't following you wholeheartedly? Would you comfort us as we fear? Would you help us take our next most faithful steps as we follow you this week. It's in your name that we pray. Amen.